Hi everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Robbie, I am so angry about carpet salespeople who don't uh, who charge separately for the undercoating or underflooring or whatever the hell you call it. It makes me so angry. So I really identify with Homer in this episode. Oh, um, I identify more with Bart in that I create content for the internet and I'm mostly ignored by the world. That sounds about right. I mean, <laughs> you identify with Bart, I identify with Homer. That's how, that's how the Simpsons work for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, hi guys, we are brought to you by Sports on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash the Simpsons show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. I really encourage you to check it out. Appreciate everyone who does support us. This week's episode is I Am Furious Yellow, episode D-A-B-F-13, originally aired April 28th, 2002, written by John Swartzwelder, directed by Chuck Sheets. In its original broadcast, received a 7.4 rating and approximately 7.8 million viewers, finished 26th in the ratings, making it the most watched program on Fox that night. Combined with the episode of Malcolm in the Middle, The Simpsons beat CBS's Everybody Loves Raymond special Everybody Loves Raymond the first six years in the ratings, besting the special by a full rating point and a half among adults between the ages of 18 to 49. Because really, who else do you need to care about besides adults age 18 to 49? I mean, that's that's our group, and we're the most important ones, obviously. Yeah, we spend all the money, we, so... We, we spend all the money, and we like all the cool things, like nuts and gum. They're finally together. Finally together. Uh, yeah, it's good to know that The Simpsons and Muck in the Middle managed to beat a Everybody Loves Raymond clip show. So that's great. <laughs> I would sure hope so because not only is everybody everybody loves Raymond terrible, but it's a good hey, show. Everybody loves Raymond is fine. Ray, I like Ray is Romano. It yeah, it's is fine. It? It's fine. It's better than King of Queens. Well, that's true. Which is funny because I rather enjoy Ray Romano's stand up as well as Kevin James's stand up. It's just their shows are bad. I don't think I like Kevin James' stand up. Ray Romano's stand up is really? all right. Yeah. Huh. Kevin James stand-up comes always comes down to, which is most of his comedy is, I am a man that yells at, at about small things that make me angry. Really? Because I've the one special of his that I've watched, is he's been very calm and very quiet. Very little yelling at all. He's also friends with Adam Sandler, so... Oh, yeah. He made, he made war crimes, Matt. Maul, Blart, Paul, Klopp, whatever the hell those movies are I called. I actually thought Paul Blart, Maul, Klopp was a more interesting movie than people gave it credit for. I'm sure the sequels I don't, were not. However. I don't know you anymore, Matt. You are. I. What is wrong? What has happened to you? Who has replaced you? Oh, no. I'm thinking of the Seth Rogen cop movie. Never mind. No, Paul Blart, Maul, Klopp was bad. <laughs> Serve and Protect, I believe, was the Seth Rogen one. That one was what? exceedingly dark. And They're not. Some... What? They're not. How you can. Okay. Okay. The couch gag. The Simpsons sit on the couch as normal until a cranking clamp comes down and picks up Homer. This is also a repeat. We've seen this one already this season. It is fine. Nothing special. Fine. Nothing special about this one, I would say. Uh, so guest star Stan Lee playing a version of himself. Yeah, a version of himself. Uh, I know it for a fact that Stan Lee in real life is not this uh, strange. I mean, there. rest in peace, Stan Lee. Uh, uh, there were some debates about how how co coherent he was at the end of his life. Uh, there's still a lot of controversy about managers and children and estates and all. I don't know. It's a big mess. And it's really sad because Stanley by all accounts is a cool guy. Um, the episode begins with career day featuring Kirk Van Houten. Welcome to career day here to tell you about his job is Bart's friend's dad, Kirk Van Houten. How many of you children have gone out to your car and found a flyer on the windshield? Are you the guy that puts him there? No, I'm his assistant. But one time he was sick and he let me do it. I totally screwed it up. Um, that That's it. I see. Well, we uh, still have 56 minutes left. Any questions? <coughs> do you know Mom's getting remarried? What? But she... I, um... I think we should probably talk about that later, son. No, you might as well talk about it now. <laughs> you might as well talk about it now in front of everyone. I don't... I, I think this episode's all right, but there are definitely a couple fourth wall breaking moments that I frown at. Yeah, 
this especially, I think, is probably the thing I like least about the episode is this weird opening. Like, I guess they had to have someone bad, but having Milhouse's dad just seems mean. And they don't even say they don't say Milhouse's. They say Bart's friend. Like, that's the thing. It's those little oh, bits yeah, in here yeah, where they yeah. go, Bart's friend's dad. I'm just like, well, why can't you just treat this like it's real? And it's it's kind of that's my largest complaint about this episode in total is it has a lot of moments where it feels like it it feels like and you can say that a lot about john swartzwater episodes after the golden years is that there seems to be someone no one's reining him in he's just doing whatever he thinks is fun and it feels like he's kind of bored about writing the simpsons in general um which is probably true at that point he's written many 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 episodes so at a certain point he probably did get bored with it but it feels very much like they're just like, oh, yeah, he's Ross Warshaw. Let him get do what he wants. And it feels like there's a couple moments here and there where it's like, you know, hey, poke, poke, poke. Don't forget that this isn't real. I'm like, I don't want you to do that. I'd like to think that this is a coherent universe with real people in it. But we get Kirk Van Houten. He's not a good speaker. Uh, his life is still terrible, apparently. So Lisa confronts Principal Skinner. He's like, why don't we get real speakers not these people who can fill up literally a minute and then we have an hour Not people from the neighborhood robbie but <laughs> but that's all that live in springfield i guess that's true but they go to a speakers bureau i guess i i know these exist and usually they you know they're basically just agents right basically yeah they have a, 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 a usually several agents that just have a whole bunch of speakers lined up that they can call upon yes yeah, so this is where all your disgraced politicians go after they retire they go talk yeah. to businesses for $100,000 or whatever the, their fee is. Um, Matt has uh, an official opinion about that, that they are awful. Indeed. They really, really. Okay. Especially the ones they mentioned in this particular episode are generally awful people. But Skinner is very impressed by them. But Lisa suggests they get a cartoonist, creator of Danger Dog, which is never mentioned before and will be never be mentioned again. Which is a good thing. I well here we'll get to the our opinions about Danger Dog and the the knock up the cartoons in this episode in general and we're we're going to talk a lot about early two thousands Flash animation Matt I hope you're excited about oh, that oh dear um I mean because that's what this I that's what all these cartoons are referencing so we get uh we get this cartoonist guy he talks to the crowd for a little bit we see a clip from Danger Dog which involves basically. Danger Dog is like a superhero dog, and he has to face someone who has a vomit ray. Uh, which leads me to believe that, yes, this is a, a TV show or whatever that just it's definitely designed for uh, appeal to preteens. That's that's their target market. Yeah. Kinda like it, SpongeBob, which you think is for kids, but it's really for slightly older than kids. Well, I mean, it, it can, I think the the, the tribute of SpongeBob is that it can appeal to like everyone. True. You could you Very could true. you could be a little child, a little tiny kid, and, and watch SpongeBob and enjoy it, and you could be an adult and watch SpongeBob and everywhere in between. Uh, I think that's the best cartoons are the ones that it can appeal to basically any age. Uh, this is not one of them because this is basically an entire minute of cartoon characters puking on each other. Oh yeah, and don't forget, Robbie, the the chunks of barf are the pictures of the animators and their friends yes so we get this we get the introduction of this cartoonist we get see this the the kids get to watch this clip of danger dog and people all the cartoon characters vomiting on each other and then we get a little bit of interview with the cartoonist if you freeze the frame you can see that the chunks of barf are actually pictures of our animators and their friends are there any questions yes you what state does Danger Dog live in? Michigan. Next. Why does Danger Dog mean more to me than school or church? Because those things suck. Uh, well, I have a question, Mr. Jenkins. Could you tell us about all the hard work and buckling down that you put into every cartoon? Are you kidding? This is the easiest job in the world. I spend most of my time eating candy and going to R-rated movies. Well, then, uh, tell the children how hard you studied in school to get where you are today. Studied? Kids, all I ever did was sit in class and doodle. Like this one. It's what your principal would look like as a woman. Fire 
children. Hurry outside. There's no time to let today's lecture sink in. Why'd you do that? I won't stand by while you're glamorizing sass. Now those youngsters will throw their lives away, drawing things that never were. Throw their lives away, man. It's true. You're throwing their lives away on, you know, trying to do something fun with their lives instead of working in mediocrity. I, I do appreciate that, you know, Skinner is true to character here. He is afraid of imagination and, you know, wants to dispel any attempt from children to use it. And this, I I don't think, I think that's the other thing. I, the, I do dispute that most, gar- like, cartoonists and animators are, they do not make any bones about how labor-intensive it is. That being a cartoonist, like, on an animated show is a lot, a lot of work. It is not... A lot of work and really does not pay that much. No, most, it, it's a big problem. There's a big labor problem in animation in general, in... In, in like all those shows, the, a lot of times all the, the 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 storyboarders and stuff they don't get paid nearly as much as they should considering how much they work. Um, oh yeah. So I don't know. I don't think any. Maybe this is just like he is the creator and then he just disappears and makes everyone else do all the hard work. I assume. Um, but you know, it's it's it is he is just a, a device. You know, he disappears from the show. He never he never comes back in this episode. He's gone forever. It's really just to get the kids. Interested in making their own cartoons, uh, which they are all knockoffs of Danger Dog, some starring a cat, some starring a dog, some starring another, a dude that's also a dog. There's no... Danger dude. Yes, but it's he's still a dog. Uh, but there's no, you know, no originality necessarily. I mean, they can't help it. They're kids. They don't, you know, they, they yeah. copy. You When you're a kid and you're a, a young artist, you just kind of copy... Uh, what you like and you just make the same thing and then that eventually gets make you you have your own voice uh, if you keep doing it so bart does his own comic as well and finishes it and thinks well now that i made my comic i can just go sell it and be a, a millionaire that's how it works because all comic artists are millionaires well exactly i mean it's not the one in a million one that you know makes it big it's it's all of them they're all like that it's not true guys it's not. Oh, no. Most comic artists struggle. Uh, but Bart, of course, idealistic kid, thinks he's just going to go to the comic book store and sell his comic book. But so he tries. Uh, results not too successful. This comic strip is lame and derivative. I'll be the judge of that. Oh, we... Stan Lee. Creator of Marvel Comics? Greetings, true believers. <laughs> oh, Ooh, my heart is pounding like Thor's hammer on Dr. Doom's titanium-infused faceplate. Hey, aren't you the guy who was stalking Linda Carter? The term is courting. The restraining order says no, no, but her eyes say yes, yes. Let's see what you've got, son. (gasps) My spidey sense is tingling. It's that good? Whoa, did I say spidey? I meant stinky. Nuff said. What did I do wrong? Oh, I don't know. Try everything. Now hold on, comic book guy. This boy's still finding his voice. So you're saying I should keep trying? Absolutely. And if you fail, you can always open a comic book store. Stan Lee insulted me. But in Bizarro World, that means he likes me. Yes, that's exactly what that means. To be fair, Stan Lee stays in in the comic shop, so... That's true. If he he hated it, he would leave, right? Oh, of course, if he was able to. If he was able. So, uh, comic book guy is not a still, he's still a terrible person. But that's okay. So we get some Stan Lee. There's a lot of Stan Lee in this, actually. Stan Lee gets, like, three different scenes. Um, and, and gets to, you know, actually do something. Versus just, like, most, a lot of guest stars that are celebrity and playing themselves. They just appear once and... And he and he doesn't... And he's kind of just that... This whole, this whole episode is very, is very silly... Uh, but it, and it's, and it can get, I think it highlight, it's kind of, it reminds me of the, a lot of the other meta Simpsons episodes, the ones mostly, mostly deal with Itchy and Scratchy, like the front and uh, Itchy and Scratchy and Marge and, uh, um, Poochie, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie, like those episodes where they're like, Hey, 
you know, we're talking about Itchy and Scratchy, but we're actually talking about us. And this is in, in that vein, in to a certain extent. But it does actually, I think it does more in, like, with character than any of those episodes do. Well, that's true. Uh, this is a very interesting commentary on, uh, mostly on web fame, uh, but we also get a little bit about animation. Yeah, a little bit of animation. It's about the internet and internet cartoons. But it does have Bart and Homer relationship stuff in there. Not a lot, but enough. And I think I think that's really what brings me brings me around to like it's fine. I don't mind it. It's fun. It has its laughs. Uh, Stan Lee is fun. I like Stan Lee. Who doesn't like Stan Lee? I would hope everyone likes Stan Lee. He's he's the sweet old grandfather of comics. Well, he is. Now, he's the sweet old grandfather who did some terrible things back when he was he, he, not he, old. Well, he was the he's he's no longer with us, man. Well, that's true. Was sorry, was. I mean, I yes, the 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 legacy of Stanley is complicated, but still, I think he is a man worth applauding, and think he was doing his best and th- made decisions he thought were the best at the time. He you know, it's a, it's a. I would accept, I would suggest anyone who's interested in the story of Stanley to read the uh, Untold History of Marvel Comics. Uh, very 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 good history of marvel comics and and comic books in general um it tells a it's a pretty i think fair fair statement about stanley artist rights all that stuff um so bart back to the drawing board his his knockoff cartoon danger dude it's not good enough but and he wants to come up with an original character or at least a better character his character is not really original necessarily but he is just uh. he's sitting in the window and he sees homer and homer is mad at a I think a lawn chair uh, and he starts fighting a lawn chair and Bart takes as inspiration and we get angry dad Angry dad is born in this moment. And we go to commercial at uh, seven minutes and 41 seconds. And when we come back, uh, we see Homer getting mad at stupid things uh, because that's what Homer does. Uh, I mean, th- this episode basically takes what has been a Homer a character trait up until now that Homer gets mad at terrible, dumb things and makes it into uh, something that Bart can capitalize on. So Bart is basically uh, taking everything that Homer does. He's, he's following Homer around. He's basically drawing what he sees uh, and making it into a comic. And the kids at school love it. Uh, they see their own parents in Angry Dad. Everyone's super happy about it. Uh, I mean, even the bullies like it. I mean, they, they incorporate it into their bullying when they, you know, punch Martin in the arm because something about signing his cast. I bullies. Who knows? And this leads to Bart actually getting people to pay attention to his comic. In fact, he gets comic book guy to put it on the rack. Your penciling is sub ziggy and the main character is off model in every frame. However, I deem this wreck worthy. Wow, I made it. My week-long dream has come true. Hold it, son. Wouldn't you rather have an exciting action figure? Ah, but only Batman fits in my Batmobile. Are you nuts? The thing fits in there perfectly. Look, he's fitting right now. Stan Lee came back. Stan Lee never left. And I'm starting to think that his mind is no longer in mint condition. My Batmobile broke or made it better. <laughs> yes, broke or made it better. I mean, if you put the thing in the Batmobile, that just makes the Batmobile ten percent cooler. I mean, that's that's comic logic, right, Robbie? It makes it the Fantastic Car, uh, a, a dark version of the Fantastic Car that only fits one of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> so yes, I mean, uh, Matt, at this here, point, Matt. This is uh, here. Hot take. Ben Grimm better than Batman. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are some versions of Batman that are at, on the same level. I mean, Tom King's Batman, for the most part, is, you know, almost uh, up to Ben Grimm. Ben Grimm, pretty freaking awesome. Ben Grimm. Most of the Fantastic Four, especially when written by competent people, better than Batman. Ever loving blue eyed thing. Mm, grew up on Yancey Street. Mm-hmm. His Aunt Petunia will read you the riot act. Anyway. It's clobbering time, Matt. It is clobbering I can time. do this all we're, day. We're going to clobber boredom with this episode. <laughs> we try. We try. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, Bart is approached by a weird guy from the internet. Uh, basically, imagine a tech millionaire from the late 90s. You know, soul patch, uh, skinny, weird voice. Uh, 
is he a famous person or anything no it's just just, it's just internet man he's just he's a guy from the internet from a production company that a a ephemeral dot-com bubble website that i meant is he like uh is the voice of is his voice oh no that's just it's just hank azaria doing okay that's what i thought i just want to make sure anyway uh and he wants to make Angry Dad into an animated series uh, because this was way back when Flash was the rage and anyone could make a terrible, terrible looking website uh, really easily. And so Bart is OK with that. Uh, the, uh, he takes Lisa to meet them uh, the next day and they show Bart how they have made a really bad, extremely low res version of Angry Dad, obviously in Flash, uh, which means to view it, you have to install something that will pretty much get you hacked immediately. Uh, of course, this was in the early 2000s, so maybe not immediately. Give it 10 minutes. Uh, and they are giving him tons and tons of stock in their company because obviously they don't have any actual money. Uh, we'll see where that goes very quickly. So, okay, that Flash animation, early 2000s. They have they say we get a little uh, a te- we get a example of, of a couple different ones. The first one is uh, uh, Bin Laden in a blender, which I I certainly remember various interactive Flash, quote unquote games, where you just put things in blenders and hit buttons and then you watch them get dis- murdered. Did you never play the, any of the in the blender games? I don't remember playing any of the in the blender games. I played Elf Bowling a lot when I first came out. Yeah, I, you know, there's, there is, there were many, many, many Flash animations at the time. I think everyone who was around, who was a, a young person on the internet, had their favorites. There's obviously Homestar Runner is the one that survived, persisted for the entire time, and still exists. But there's many others that you know. There's th- probably hundreds, if not thousands, of other Flash stuff that is kind of half vanished and disappeared for a lot of it. Kind of are just like Thank these. Goodness. Eh, there's some of it had charm. Some of it was just weird and fun, and others was a lot of that. It had a lot of South Park kind of stuff going on. I think a lot of people were influenced by South Park and the look of South Park. And when they made their Flash animation, they used that same kind of style, um, in which and the kind of tone, which is like edgy and violent. And uh, who was it being? There was another one they showed in this episode with the someone being crushed. Between two walls? Who am I, I think? Who was no it? Idea. You don't remember? It was some person. Some didn't, guy. Didn't pay attention. I, I ignored all the fake Flash animations. I saw too many of those things in reality. Oh, Matt. But, I, I you know, it won. They were, apparently they tried to actually get this stuff actually animated in Flash. And, and would have inserted it into the episode. But apparently the Times... Uh, not Times, but... Uh, uh, the hell's the name of the animation studio um film roman i was thinking times new roman film roman <laughs> had a flash animation d- department but apparently it would take them way too long to get the um animation they all those various animated bits in this episode done so they just they had uh the director apparently hand did it himself to kind of replicate the look of what flash cartoons looked like at the time which nice. it's nice. pretty good it looks it looks it is like, it looks exa- they are a perfect representation of every terrible flash animation yeah and there's every re- restaurant website up until like two years ago <laughs> there's still plenty that still use flash <laughs> there's every every chinese re- if, if hey here's my criteria for going to a, a chinese restaurant uh or in, or in takeout from a chinese place if they don't have a terrible flash website i don't want to use them I don't want to. To be I, fair, almost all of them now are using a WordPress template with a PDF copy of their menu, and that's it. And I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> that's okay. It has to be bad. If, if it's a good website, I don't of trust course. it. I don't trust it. Um, but I, I, I watching this episode made me. It reminded me of all that mostly terrible Flash cartoons that I thought were great at the time because I didn't know any better. Um, but they do capture the kind of really the 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 flashpoint of this get it flashpoint of uh, uh, of, uh, of uh. cartoons and just weird and and internet cartoons especially at the time and there's certainly many like quote-unquote internet cartoons now but they are it, it feels like they are they f- fulfill different niches and are generally way better looking than anything that was coming out in the early 2000s um and probably better written as well uh the other thing here uh, is the dot-com bubble 
where and we later see that in this very episode where we see uh this place collapse but there's like so many so so many companies do and we will eventually see uh bart stock become worthless because hey that happened to a lot of people yes uh but we'll have i'm gonna uh, that's a little that's a i'll put a pin in that for later but it it really does they did a really i think that's another thing i, I appreciate about the episode It's like a lot of the time people critique the simpsons for being you know you know they try and do some modern they they try and you know when you look at the stuff in the 90s and they were, you know, doing some societal parody or critique or whatever. It was largely relatively more effective. And then later on, people are like, oh, the Simpsons are talking about it. So it's they don't know what they're saying. But this is actually, I think, captures that flash animation stuff really well. And I think it benefits from being so far removed. It doesn't matter that they may be a little late, you know, to the party in 2002 versus I mean, the flash animation continued well up into like even a couple of years ago. There are still people holding on, even though, like you said, Flash is a little uh, insecure, you might say. <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, there was a reason it was uh, Flash died because no one wanted to put it on a mobile device because, hey, that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Scorched Earth and start again. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened. It is. It is. So, yes. Uh, now that we've had our diatribe on Flash and uh, the first dot-com boom, Web 1.0, as it were, uh, they give Bart a ton of stock, like we said, because that's how their company works. They don't have any money. Uh, so the next day, Homer goes to work and finds out he is world famous. Everyone knows Angry Dad, and it's very obvious that Angry Dad is him. So, uh, like people a.k.a. jerks do, uh, they start trying to make him mad so he'll be just like his character. It's uh, like the time Homer was the bumbling cop with the scarf and whatnot. Uh, it's very much like that. Everyone tries to make him mad. They push uh, over his car. They rock him back and forth. And it makes him at least as scared uh, of uh, as scared uh, of him, of what's going on uh, as it does to make him angry. So, uh, 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 Homer... SpaghettiOs... Uh, exactly. Except this time it's just Homer going, Rawr! So, yes. Uh, when Homer goes home, uh, it is not a good scene for Bart. Homer, what are you doing? Just, uh, uh, we're just rehearsing for Angry Dad, the motion picture. How'd you like to be played by John Goodman? <laughs> so obvious! It should be Gary Oldman! Dad, I'm no fan of Bart's cartoon, but you have a real problem with anger. I'm just passionate, like all us Greeks. No, you're angry. Look, you're punching the cat right now. Oh, I am. Oh, my God, you're right. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I just can't live without rageahol. <laughs> Congratulations, Dad. The first step is admitting it. Is it also the last step? No, the last step is quitting. <laughs> Very well. I'm not going to be angry, Dad, for one day longer. I'm giving up anger forever. If you ask me, you should give up fatty foods. I said anger. Uh, two things here. One, uh, if Homer should give up anything, it should probably be sugary foods rather than fatty foods, because uh, in general, sugary foods are worse for you. And second of all, if there ever is a biopic of my life, please let God John Goodman play the lead role, never Gary Oldman, because Gary Oldman's kind of a jerk. Gary... That's not, he's not, I, I don't, I, okay, cancel culture, et cetera, et cetera. Gary Oldman does not deserve to be canceled just because he's mean once in a while. It's not, Gary Oldman did not. Uh, no, I believe, I believe he also defended some people that were accused of harassment and saying that the people accusing them were making it up. Mm, I'm going to need to see some sources on that, Matt, because I really. I will look it up. I really, I like Gary Oldman. I don't want him to be a bad jerk, Matt. I don't either. I thought he was really good. Uh, He's a great uh, actor. In Churchill. Yeah. I don't want him. Please, Gary Oldman, don't be a mean jerk in real life. I don't want to lose you too. Um, I like, I here, I there's a thing I noticed about this scene in particular. I thought it was right. This is my favorite scene in the, in the episode. It was what made me laugh the most. And, it, and it, I think it happens multiple times throughout this episode where, and in this episode, this episode is cartoonish at times, but they don't try and make it more than that. Like it has like the, that particular scene is Homer holding up the, holding up snowball two and just punching poor snowball two right in like the torso. And I, it would be like, 
there's a very easy way for that thing like for that little bit to like slip into i absolutely despise it and i hate this episode because of it i love cats i don't want to see him get hurt but because the cat just doesn't seem to care about it because of the way they animate yeah. it, it it was it was okay i guess i mean like he can't possibly have been hitting the cat that hard at least god i hope not well, and the cat just and he throws Snowball two down. She's like, "Meow," and <laughs> makes me laugh. And so it's because they. Oh no, Matt sent me a link that implicates Gary Oldman. Oh God, sorry, Robbie. How dare you? Uh, they, but because, and this is not the only time they do it in this episode where they have this cartoon violence, but because they don't try and make it like I, I always refer back to that that scene where Homer's gets his torso ripped open by the badger, and you see his guts hanging out and everything. Yeah, because they show that it makes it seem ridiculous. But because it, like, and this is a good example, they just have him punching the cat, and the cat just gets thrown. The cat doesn't seem to care that it's getting punched, and then if he tosses it down, it just goes meow, and it makes that makes me laugh. And there's it multiple times throughout this episode. They have uses of cartoon violence, but because it doesn't seem like anyone's actually getting hurt, it allows me to laugh at it. It allows me to enjoy the cartoon violence for what it is, and not just like, hey, we're doing cartoon violence, but also someone's getting their arm chopped off, which I don't, that's a little too much for me, you know, like, yeah, when yeah. it's not that, I mean, when how else are you going to slice a sandwich, Robbie? <laughs> that's true. You're right, Matt. I'm so, I'm sorry. I apologize. You're, that's true. How else am I going to, how else am I, how else are you going to chop a sandwich? But I, I really like that. I like the. And this this kind of just you know there's this is a plot Matt hey there's a plot in this episode that is not just resolve it doesn't pop up five like ten minutes in and then resolve itself at fifteen minutes in it is it feels like one cohesive thing it's like it, it, we have a cartoon it gets us to Homer's rage problem and then that gets us out in like and then the cartoon part sort of ends but we still have the the other part of the plot to resolve the character based part to resolve and and not only that they also bring back facets of what got us there in the first place in the third act it's still there like the whole thing with animation and angry dad and the internet stock company they have mostly been resolved but they're still there that means they are actually germane to the plot for the entire episode right and i it's it's nice you know i'm not this episode isn't amazing but it's competent which is mostly just what i want <laughs> Mm-hmm. i'm happy with, at this point that's all we want i just wanted it to be competent just like like yeah this is it's funny and it's understands tone and it has character stuff in it and it you know mostly has about one thing the entire way through so what happens next man oh and then we go to a commercial uh act three begins 15 minutes and 42 seconds in uh homer is apparently fixing his rage problem by taking horse tranquilizers not see i would i would not suggest that if you have some kind of anger issue i i would probably say don't take horse tranquilizers and especially don't take horse tranquilizers and, t- and then take a bath that seems oh, like, God, no. that seems like a very bad idea marge interrupts homer doing that while he's listening to peaceful music and taking horse tranquilizers she stops him from drowning um but then we are kind of we follow homer for a little bit and we see him I don't know, face all the things that normally would make him mad uh, and and the things that Bart would use to kind of uh, use his inspiration for Angry Dad. Uh, we have Homer suppress that rage instead. Come on, Angry Dad, get angry. Don't make me do a clip show. Hello there, bland diddly danders. Hey, Homer, I've been singing your praises all day. Marge said we could have choir practice in your house tonight. Here's a preview. God said to Noah, build yourself an arky, arky animals came on by. Onesies and twosies, twosies, elephants and kangaroosies, roosies. This little trap is going to make my dad angrier than he's ever been. In the meantime, i got to tell those internet guys to hold tight. Can I come too? Good idea. You can speak nerd to them. I'm not a nerd, Bart. Nerds are smart. (gasps) Oh, my God. What happened? 
They went belly up like all the other internet companies. Looks like the bubble burst. Bubbles can burst? Yeah, but it's a golden age for the repo business. One that shall never end. Bart, it's over. Ow! What do you mean it's over? We're bankrupt. The stock is at zero. But I have 52 million shares. What's 52 million times zero? And don't tell me it's zero! Bard, it's not about how much stock you have. It's about how much copper wire you can get out of the building with. Guys! Looks like you can't retire by age 12. Yeah, but at least now that my show's canceled, I don't need material. So there's no need to lure my dad into the trap I set for him. <gasps> the trap! I want to say something about this clip, and it happens right there at the very end. Bart expresses empathy for Homer. He doesn't want Homer to go into the trap, and that is something you just don't see. Like, we've talked a lot about jerk Homer, but in this episode, we we see Bart, you know, being ragging on Homer, essentially, but at least when he doesn't have to, when there's no reason to, you know, abuse his father, he says, oh, no, I want to keep my dad safe. I don't think we've even seen that since, like, season eight. It's few and far between moments of genuine empathy. And, yeah. yeah. So, and, and I should, I will correct myself earlier, is is Harry Shearer does the voice of the internet man. Oh, Hank, okay. Hank Azari did the voice of the cartoonist earlier. Uh, that's Harry Shearer. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Bart has set a trap for Homer because it he's upset that, the, that Homer's not getting angry anymore. And, but now... There is no need for that trap because his car- internet cartoon doesn't exist anymore. And Bart wants to hurry back to stop Homer from getting hit with the trap. And one, like Matt just said, it gives us a Bart as a character who has empathy as a person. You know, we see Bart being antagonistic towards Homer for most of this episode because it is providing a material for his cartoon. But it also... We get to see the other side of that, where Bart is suddenly empathetic and like, oh, I don't want Homer to go through that, the trap, for no reason. So Homer, we and, and it provides urgency. We we have a push towards the, the final bit of the episode, and it feels like authentic urgency. Even, and I think it's, it's also heightened, it heightens for me at least, it works better for me, in that the trap will not kill Homer. It is not like, you know, uh, you think back to, uh, I don't know, I, I think back to like the, the when all the animals broke out of the zoo, what episode was that at the end with the rhinos? Uh, the art episode, Mom and Pop Art. No, 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 not Mom and Pop Art. The the one with the angry, Marge is a rage. Oh, rage, a raging yellow honkers. Where she is, she gets her license suspended. Um, yeah. Bart yes. Simpson in raging. Yeah, 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 yeah. Screaming, yeah, whatever it is. Um, Screaming yellow honkers, that's what it was. That's, it's, it's stuff like that where suddenly Homer is, the danger to Homer is the literally rhinoceroses are going to murder him. That's the, the danger to him at the end of the episode. And it is ridiculous. I don't really buy into it. You know, I just go, what? All of a sudden the zoo animals are loose. And, and in this, it's like, oh, Bart has set a trap. And it's a car, it's a child's trap. And it, you know, it's like, it's cactus, some cacti, some dirty diapers, and some paint. It's it's designed to get him mad, not to, you know, kill him. Not to kill him, not to even, really grievously wound him. It, it's all surface level stuff. Like, the cactus is the worst bit, and even then, he shakes it right off. So, it it's, it's more, because the danger of this trap has nothing, it's not about actually hurting Homer, it is about the emotional impact it will have on Homer, it is actually more effective for me. I like it more because it is more about the danger to Bart and Homer's relationship, nothing to do with, well, Homer might die. And you're like, well, Bart would try and kill his own dad regardless of whatever the situation was. Um, They rush back just in time to see Homer fall into the trap. They just miss it. Uh, He falls through a hole in the treehouse when he's trying to get some donuts. Uh, gets caught in a rope, runs through some cactus, some dirty diapers, which, oof, God, the dirty diapers. Yeah, that smelly, that smelly. Then he he falls into some paint, some green paint, goes crazy. Hey, and it's like 
He's like the Hulk all of a sudden, get it? I get it. And it's probably the weakest part of the episode for me, honestly. Well, yeah. It's a, And to be fair, it's not like he actually turns into the Hulk. He is still Homer. He's just covered in green paint and kind of mad with rage. But I don't think he would send... Like, it's more about, like, he's talking like the Hulk, the Hulk, the original version of the Hulk talked, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of, you know... It's, it is a little... Uh, it's a little too far for me, but it's okay because I end... It's actually really short. I'm pr- I imagine that the marketing for this was all about Homer smashing covered in green paint. Watch Homer Hulk out, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever. Um, yeah. But he hulks out. Homer goes crazy. Let's all his rage comes out all at once. Uh, he starts punching parking meters and freaking out in front of the comic book store. Cops tackle him, and it's pretty much over right then. Uh, we get a moment with Stan Lee, uh, his last scene in this episode, and we get a realization from Dr. Hibbert that Bart has actually saved Homer's life. He can't be the Hulk. I'm the Hulk. Oh, please. You couldn't even change into Bill Bixby. Come on, damn it. Change. Ah, oh, forget it. I really did it once. Yes, yes. I just wish you had the power to leave my store. Almost had it there. Bart, your prank caused $10 million in damages. I know, I'm sorry. Sorry for what? Saving your father's life? What? It's true. You see, these boils on Homer's neck are pent-up rage. If Bart's trap hadn't set Homer off, the anger would have overwhelmed Homer's system. You mean I shouldn't punish Bart at all? Why, if anything, he should punish you. (gasps) Okay. Well, son, I want to show you how grateful I am. Let's go fishing. Who knew that anger was saving my life? (laughs) Say it, don't spray it. You're trying to get me angry? Thank you. You're not welcome. I love you, boy. (laughs) You love a boy. (laughs) Stop it now. (laughs) If you love me so much, why don't you marry me? (laughs) That's a good one. So Bart and Homer fishing is how we end the episode, man. It's it's so sweet. It's it's strangely sweet, honestly. Yeah, and it's and you know, and it like it has that sweetness kind of tempered out with Bart being like a you know he's being a ten year old and making dumb jokes to Homer and taunting him, all the while knowing that it's that Homer you know actually letting expressing his anger is what's keeping him alive, basically <laughs> alive, not you know dead, not dead. Turns out suppressing rage is bad for you. Weird. Who would have guessed? I would. I would also add suppressing any kind of emotion is bad for you. Don't, that is true. You shouldn't do that. You should try and express your emotions in a healthy. I would also. I would also argue against you know raging out and punching parking meters. I would. You know, there's a, <laughs> there's a healthy medium in there somewhere. But that's true. You should be able to express your anger in a confident way through, say, exercise. Mm-hmm. Or you know, video games. Uh, you know, there's, there's ways to kind of get all your negative energy out dancing, which I guess is exercise. Um, I forgot to mention the, we saw earlier, the internet company has, has gone, has gone bust, has disappeared much like a lot of internet companies in the, the the end of the dot-com bubble in the early 2000s. Um, apparently saw this on the Wikipedia. I thought it was very interesting. I'm not sure if it's actually there are literally two examples and that's the that is the way someone you know proved that this is true but uh i think it's an interesting coincidence i don't know and i don't think it's actually like you should mark it down on a calendar or anything but uh there's an article about the foreclosure crisis and how the simpsons had a for their foreclosure episode was in the 20th season and at the time that the episode came out, it basically the fact that the Simpsons made an episode about it meant that the worst of it was over and that we are on our way out of the crisis. And in the in the same incident, like the fact that by the time that this episode came out in 2002, the worst of the dot com bubble, the the of the of the bubble bursting also was over 
by the time that this episode came out, the the internet internet companies in general were largely rebounding from the worst of it. They were recovering, the ones that survived at least. So it, they, the the article is basically saying, you know, the Simpsons, by the time they write something, by the time they cover it in an episode, it means probably that the crisis has lit, has run its course or whatever, and that we're going to be on our way out of it. But it's literally a two episode sample size. So I don't think you can rely on that. Two episode sample size, seven years apart from each other, by the mm. way. So eh, it's interesting. Um, this episode is... Would you call this episode good, Matt? Um, you know, maybe it's me uh, having some kind of Stockholm syndrome or whatever of the last couple of seasons, but yeah, I think I would call it good. Not great, obviously. Uh, but I mean, if this had been in season three or whatever, I wouldn't hate it. I'd be like, this is not as good as the other ones, but it was still good. So I, I would say yes, it's actually good. I'm on the fence. I know. I agree. I, I was on the fence as well, but you know, when gravity came to call, I fell down on the side of good. I, I can completely understand uh, mediocre being your call. If, we'll see. I'm gonna we're, we'll hash it out once we when we rank it at the end of the show. Oh, Robbie, is this episode broken? No, it's decidedly not broken. If I'm asking if it's good, that means it's certainly not broken. There's a, there it, we have the potential to maybe even crest into like, hey, I will rewatch this voluntarily in the future. It's a possibility. I would, you know, I would weigh it. I'd be like, yeah, maybe, maybe watch that one. Maybe, um, you know, it's possible. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I look through the nohomers.net forum after an episode has debuted, see what people thought about the episode. Um, overwhelmingly positive, Matt. Unsurprisingly, even more so than last week. Well, that's strange because I feel like a lot of the time, what we find as good or decent, the internet says, no, this was terrible. I was so bored, blah, blah, blah. So it's it's strange to say, hey, this is good, but I'll take it. I mean, they liked it more even than we didn't not We hated last week's Excuse me. We hated last week's episode uh, and people still liked it. This is even more overwhelmingly positive, like only like five percent. Thought it was a two or one out of five. It was nearly almost 50% thought a five out of five, 36% four out of five, and 14% three out of five. So, like, almost 75% thought, you know, 85, 95, 95% thought it was a uh, math is hard for me, Matt. 95% <laughs> thought this episode was at least a three out of five or better. Um, I got a couple of reviews. Um, first is five out of five. Excellent. So far, the best. The best or second best of the season, IMO. The only thing I didn't like was the long period of Homer being angry at the end of Act 2. Also, Angry Dad the Internet cartoon was a pretty low-quality Flash cartoon to become famous in one hour. Everything else was great, though. Grid parody of Internet cartoons, too, and how stupid they can be. At the end, I was worried Homer was going to act like the Hulk for a long time. It would be lame, but they kept it under control, and I actually liked that sketch. Thank God he didn't really turn into the Hulk. I mean, if this was season 12, I could see that happening, so they're right. I'm glad that didn't happen either. Um, the rest of the episode seemed mediocre, even less than average. Stan Lee was okay, and their Anger Dad cartoons were funny at first, but after we got the idea that they were making fun of other internet Flash cartoons, they became boring. Uh, plot took an odd twist in the third act when Homer decided to give up anger, but the repo scene and the Incredible Hulk scene were fairly funny. Overall, I give it a 3 out of 5. Come on, Al Jean, you can do better than that. Eh, I'll... Mm, not... Uh, if not you, much better. Here, this is this is I think I've said this about many of the latter day Simpsons episodes. I like this one where they're like competent and enjoyable. If this was the baseline, if I could expect this level every single time I watched an episode, I would never I would be fine. I'd be one hundred percent happy with every Simpsons episode. You know, they're certainly not as good as the Golden Years, but it still has this base level of of competency. Mm -hmm. uh, the final one uh, tonight's episode was just not very funny. The story flowed well, but it wasn't that great. Stanley's guest appearance shouldn't have stretched out so long. It wasn't very entertaining. Boo. That's what I say to this person. Boo. The Angry Dad cartoons were somewhat amusing as a parody of similarly poor animations found in that context on the internet. They weren't so funny on their own. The slapstick humor was pretty good. One of this episode's only bright points. We can debate the merits of this episode to death, but it comes down to whether or not it was funny. To me, the jokes weren't ju just weren't any good. Shouldn't matter what I liked or didn't like about the story if it wasn't funny. Half of this episode should have been taken from one of its only amusing gags, the boring world of Neil's bore. This boring episode gets a two out of five from me. 
So there's your boring complaints, man. Hey, they I were, mean, they were there. I would not call this episode boring at all. It moved really fast. No. This it. I frankly, it, it was paced really well and made sense. I and frankly, that's like that's half the battle, really. Yep. Um, that's about it. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is: What is your favorite drug reference from the show? Lots of great answers. Um, first from Andy from Home Sweet Home Diddly Dum Doodly. Marge, the only thing I'm high on is love for my son and daughters. Yes, a little LSD is all I need. Oh, Marge. <laughs> oh, Marge. Thomas, there's an episode where Krusty is seen performing the doors, break on through to the other side, and gets a little too into it. Cuts back to him, the president, and he says, what was I on? <laughs> break on through. Well, that's a good question. It's a... It's a uh jenny's answer homer they swore they'd get back to us by spiking our water supply they didn't have the guts marge Ooh, the walls are melting again <laughs> i can't do a marge voice <laughs> uh and the turkey comes up turkey comes up personally i think i'm overdone uh from andrew in round springfield bleeding gums murphy's fifteen hundred dollar fifteen hundred dollar a day habit on fabric eggs nice inversion of expectations there uh, from Rob, uh, Bart, I got this cool pencil holder. Homer, far out, man. I haven't seen a bong in years. From Homer's <laughs> Barbershop Quartet. Danielle, a very popular answer. I am the Lizard Queen. Another. Well, yeah. Another. I don't know if that counts as a drug reference, really. It is absolutely, Matt. It is, it is absolutely a drug reference. It's referencing Jim Morrison saying I'm oh. the Lizard King. Another Doors reference. And he was absolutely on drugs when he wouldn't. He was referencing. Oh, I thought I thought they were saying the water she drank was a drug. Never mind. Move along. I mean, it is it is a drug. It makes her hallucinate whatever it was in that water. But it's also referencing to Jim Morrison and the Doors and hallucinations and LSD and acid and whatever. Uh, from Mike Otto's man, that is flagrant false advertising. Stoner's <laughs> Pot Palace, which oh, is yeah. a very popular answer. Brandon to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Uh, Abby's answer from Homer Palooza. What's that smell? It smells like Otto's jacket. <laughs> uh, oh, I really like it. From Alistair, when Lisa says, can't talk, coming down. I uh, didn't realize what that meant until well into my 20s. Uh, from Alex at K Whatever Man, I'm not not licking toads. <laughs> uh, from Pat, Pat Patrick Evans, too. Man, that is flagrant false advertising. Again, very popular. Sean at The Real Sean Smith. Uh, Homer singing the wrong words to smoke in the water while smoking pot. Uh, Gino Man at Eugene R. McGrath. Abe to Jasper. We are so old. <laughs> and finally, old. that's what he's going to say. Uh -huh. And uh, Greg at Rise, uh, just Rise to Power. Homer's Vision Quest from the Mysterious Voyage of Homer. Hope I didn't brain my damage. Damage, 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 damage. Matt, what's your answer? Uh, mine is, it was very, very close. Uh, I was going to pick, I'm not, not looking toads, but I can't, I can't not pick to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I've said that since that episode came out. Yeah, it, it's very, it's all, it's very good. Um, I, I think I have to go with mysterious voyage of Homer. I have to go with, I don't even know if I can pick any one particular moment from the 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 pepper mm -hmm. the pepper trip i want to just say the pepper trip it's so good i love it because i love everything about it and i love the 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 way that they make it they don't they make a you know the weird peppers psychedelic and make homer actually go on a actual acid trip without him taking acid it's all I kind of I don't even want to make like you know it's not really a joke it's just kind of how that scene works it's so perfect that's one of my favorite episodes so of course I'm gonna say that yep. uh our next question next week's question is what is your favorite comic book guy quote I pretty sure we've done this one prior but I don't care I'm doing it again <laughs> um Post this question on our social media, facebook.com slash the Simpson Show Pod, Twitter at Simpson Show Pod, you can email us at Simpson Show Pod at gmail.com. 
Uh, thank everyone who answers. It takes the time. I really appreciate it. Even if I don't necessarily use your answer on any particular week, I really, I do read them all and I appreciate everyone who does take the time. Next, our next segment, Matt, it is time once again for the No Google Show Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challengers, Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a one-point lead on me. I don't know, I think it looked pretty easy this week, so we'll uh, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, easy. Quote-unquote, sneer quote, easy. What's my easy question, Matt, Mr. Easy? All right. All of your questions this week comes from Burns Verkaufen de Kraftwerk. Oh, no. So. Where does Homer go when he daydreams uh, during his interview? Uh, the land of chocolate. You are correct. It's a very visual sequence. There isn't a lot of noise. To that. <laughs> That's the music. That how? I just like I like the music. It's so good. Uh, your, your questions are from the Mansion family. Oh, OK. I know you enjoy that one. I do enjoy the Mansion family. Season 11 or season 12? Uh, <laughs> uh, season 11. 11 is season 11. Uh it just i was like oh this is a it's a an episode that i it's also written by john swartzwater um as, well as yeah well as this one so you usually re- rely on him it's, it's a little bit more spotty as we get into the past golden years your easy question Matt. mercer burns goes where to get tested uh the mayo clinic that is correct all right your medium question what song do the denizens of moe's sing to mr burns as he's forced out of the bar uh I want to say it's the na 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 hey 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 goodbye song. I don't I have no idea what that is. That song has even That's has a fine. name. It's na na hey hey kiss him goodbye. Apparently, oh okay. <laughs> I they use it. I wouldn't have gotten the name, but I at least you could sing it. It's yeah. I don't. The Simpsons have used that a lot too. They've used that multiple times to taunt. I think Homer himself uses that to taunt Burns more than once. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's is his one of his favorite songs. <laughs> Your medium question, Matt. How many forks does Mr. Burns' table setting have? Twelve. You're correct. Yeah. I know what the other eleven forks are. What is this one for? <laughs> oh, my dear. That's to scratch your ass with. Ooh. Oh, that really hits the spot. Uh, what's my hard question, Matthew? Your hard question. I'm not sure this is hard enough, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. What is the price of the power plant stock after Homer sells his shares? Oh, poof. Uh, after he sells it, it goes up by a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, thirty-five thousand dollars. I'm sorry, it is fifty-two dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was fifty-two dollars per share. Homer sold his at twenty-five cents per share. I was gonna, but they have how many shares do they have each? A hundred. Okay, that's what I was. I was trying to think of like the total number because I remember the like. Yeah, because then they buy everyone else gets fifty two hundred dollars, and yeah. it's like that's not that much. You can't buy a new car with fifty two hundred dollars even I back was, then. That's why I was remembering like someone they got cars and and uh, Lenny had that's Lenny's diamond plastic surgery. Plastic like, surgery. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, uh, your hard question, Matt. What feats did Cornelius Chapman accomplish in his life? Um. Hmm. There's five of them. Technically, uh, four oh. or five, depending on what you want to count. But I, I'll take either four or five, depending on what you want to okay. do. Okay. Okay. Um, was he the first man to dance the Charleston on top of a flagpole? I think. Um, that's the only one I can remember. I I'm not going to waste our time with the rest. Because <laughs> there's not. N- now I needed to make sure that's not one of them because I thought it was, but. Uh, yeah. I don't. I thought I had them all, but I want to make sure. That's what oh, Frankie acted for, my friend. So yeah, there's, there is. He built the first log cabin in Springfield. Oh, okay. Introduced the toothbrush to Springfield. Oh, that's right. Uh, was the only basketball player in Springfield. Oh yes. Okay. Helped people jump out the window in the Great Depression. Okay. And took a bullet for Huey Long. Oh, it must have been somebody else who. Uh... I think the other, the 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 dance the on the top of the thing. I thought that was in some other Mister Burns related, right? Old flashback, black and white film reel, something or other. Um, he's also the oldest citizen of Springfield by the end. By right. the time this episode rolls around, and then he gets he dies because he got he kissed Britney Spears kisses him, which your heart's pretty weak if that's going to be the thing that finishes you off. Unfortunately, Matt, we are still. 
you are still in the lead after this. I'm okay with that. One point is enough for me. I it's not it's too much for me. I would I would say I I can I can do without. The, I would I would take a lead back. So if you ever want to like just start getting questions wrong, that'd be cool. I might, but uh, I'm not really feeling that. No, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This is going to be a tough one, Robbie. I'm I'm not sure. I'm looking. Uh, I think it's better than I think it's better than the cluster of t- season 12 episodes. Uh, well, yeah. In 199 to 202. Oh, OK. So I think it's above 200, basically. It's up there. I think it's All in right. this. I think it's in this this bit of, uh, you know, it's it's somewhere in the, you know, maybe 170s. Uh, okay. maybe uh, well, I mean, we're at, uh, somewhere in the there. The next one above that is the computer who wore Manchus from season twelve is one sixty one, and I know what a fan you are. You know what a, what a prisoner fanboy you are. I am. Do you think this is better than that? Oh, I don't know. Probably, I think it probably is. Even though, I mean, oh, on an overall level, I think yeah, it's good. I, I, I don't I think th- it's quite as good as Half Decent Proposal, which is our next season thirteen episode up. Half decent. Which is half decent proposal? Which one is that? That's the one where Artie or Marge goes with Artie to relive their problem. Oh, right, right, right. Jerk. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, it's not as good as that. There is the day the violence died, which is a you know it's another itchy and scratchy cartoon one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I would say how okay. Well, right above here, right above. I think it's better than the computer war menace shoes. Right above the computer war menace shoes is one fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish. Oh. I would say this is better than Blowfish Bluefish. Um, I think Blowfish Bluefish has a lot of character, but it's awful sad and not not a very funny episode. And it's kind of slow. That is true. It was it was very lacking in, I, in funniness. It, it's it's very much like those season two episodes that are like they're very they're good like fun they're like good character and stuff in them, but they're not terrifically funny. Um. Like they're obvi- they're very watchable, and we all I have a lot of nostalgia for them because you know that's where they're what I grew up with. But I I would think I don't know that it's kind of just like half the episode is just Homer like furiously trying to forestall death, which is not necessarily a pleasant viewing experience on rewatches over and over again. Even though he, I know he's fine. Um, how about Burns? Like you just asked me questions about it. Burns, Verkoff, and Dare Craftwork. I think this is one is better than that too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, as I look up these, I'm actually looking at Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth Commandment. Uh, I think you're right. I think it is better for Burns or Coffin to Craftbook. But Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth Commandment, that one is just so funny and so heartfelt that I don't think it's quite that good. So I'm looking around 159. You feel pretty firm on that one, Matt? I do, actually, I do. Because Burns or Coffin to Craftbook uh, is good. It has a lot of Homer moments and the family, and it's funny. This episode is actually, I just, that part where Bart says that he is concerned for Homer, I just, I, I, that surprised me so much rewatching it. Because when I first watched this episode, I'm like, oh yeah, it's funny. You know, flash animations and dot com, blah, 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 blah. But rewatching it, it has the elements of a better episode, essentially. I'm, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good spot for it, I think. Uh, I don't, I'll let you make the hard decision, frankly. Uh, it's a it's a pretty good spot for it. I think it feels good. That's what I'm really w- looking for. Uh, so that's a and new it's fairly high for a season thirteen episode. For a season thirteen episode, it's pretty good. Uh, it's one fifty nine on the list, right below Homer vs. Lisa and the Eighth Commandment, right above Burns, Verkoff, and Derek work. Uh, it is now that is fourteenth now on the on the post Golden Years ranking overall. So that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's nice to get a good episode in here. Uh, yeah. I mean, what what's coming up next, Robbie? That you say that. Um, the sweetest Apu. Yeah, this is the um, Apu cheating on Manjula episode. Yeah, and then yeah, and no, thank you. That's really my. I right now I'm like I'll no no. This is also was also written by John Swartzwater, uh, which is weird that they're back to back like this. But I'm. 
Well, well, I'm not expecting good things, Matt. That's I think that's <laughs> what I'm saying is I do not expect it to be good. But we will see. You can watch along with us if you really feel like it. Uh, oh, this list is on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. A link to the list is there. A link to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed. A link to our Patreon. If you want to help us out, help pay for hosting our many, many, many episodes, all our back catalog, and uh, hopefully I can, I'm going to have to hash it out with our hosting company and see if we can get over 300 listed, because that's a, they have a hard Whoa. cap on 300 back episodes, because we are already pushing it right now. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but if you want to help us for us, we'd really appreciate it. You get a bunch of bonus podcasts along with it with your your support and we we thank everyone who does who has who supports us currently or has supported us throughout the years um i'll do it for us before we go you can find me online on twitter at robbie dorman and my website is robbie has links to all my other things my podcasts and my books uh my newest novel truth is a psychological horror story about a news host haunted by a specter of truth it's so scary, guys. It's so scary. It's a hey, some spook. Both my books are horror novels. It's a perfect time for some spooks in Halloween. Some spooky, scary reads. You can read them both for free mm-hmm. on Kindle Unlimited as well. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That's true. I have, however, decided with the fall weather finally coming to Florida, aka it's going to still be still be eighty-five degrees in the afternoon, but it gets down to almost seventy in the mornings. I'm going to go live in a tree for a little while. Uh, talk to the trees turns out they know a lot and also turns out they all know each other so if you need something uh, want to send me a message just go outside whisper it to your nearest tree and as the wind blows through the treetops the message will be passed on tree by tree until it gets to me and after it whispers Lowenstein it will give me your message Lowenstein even if your name is Swig I'm Robbie and I'm Matt and keep watching this episode shh